Hello, hockey fans, and welcome to the Eastern Conference Playoff Preview Edition of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. This is Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa, bringing back a uh, longtime friend of the show, Matt Pryor. Big text 1926 on Twitter. He's going to help us make sense of the four first round Eastern Conference Playoff Series. Uh, welcome, boys. Good evening to you. Hey, how are y'all doing? We're doing good. We're doing, doing good. good. I'm all fired up to talk uh, Eastern Conference. That's your that's your baby. That's your baby. Let's uh let's keep the fisticuffs down, boys. We got the Islanders and Panthers here. We're gonna save that for last. I got a little a little special intro for you coming along, but we'll save that for later. First things first, I gotta get out a shout out to uh local organization, Victory Martial Arts. They're doing uh promotion right now and they asked us if we could help them out and since my daughter is a third degree black belt there at victory martial arts i feel sort of obligated to uh, help them out with it right now if you're in las vegas and you get get in touch with victory martial arts and you're interested in taking some martial arts classes whether it be taekwondo krav maga uh, anthony pettis former ufc lightweight champion has a MMA program that he's put together. He's also a Victory Martial Arts owner in Milwaukee, and he put together a co- kind of combination jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and, and striking uh, class that you take. Uh, I'll just pump my tires a little bit more. My daughter is the yellow belt testing for green belt there in Mr. Pettis's MMA program as well. If you're interested, the Krav Maga and the Pettis Showtime are – Really geared towards adults, although obviously my daughter's in the Showtime program. She's she's a pretty nice martial artist. But the the Taekwondo is really a karate for kids program. There's family classes where you can jump in with your kids and take classes with them as well. Um, they're offering two weeks of free classes and a free martial arts uniform if you go down there and give them a try. <clears throat> Excuse me then they'll hook you up with two free classes or two two weeks of free classes sorry about that it's really it's really more than just um martial arts classes go in learn to strike learn to punch blah 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 um they for the the karate for kids programs every every two months you test for a new rank and what they do is along with learning your form and learning your sparring, they also have a life skill like self-esteem, discipline, honesty, those kinds of things. And then your kids learn the pillars of of behavior that make up those pillars of, of society, they're called. And really, they really pound them home. If you have a, a kid who has some discipline issues, if they're not listening at the house... I can guarantee you one thing, Mr. Hopkins, the chief instructor at Victory Martial Arts, Tanea, will take care of those problems for you. Um, he's a two-time ATA Taekwondo Instructor of the Year, uh, and that's nationwide. He's a fourth-degree black belt himself, and the the program director here in Las Vegas is Miss Amber Mitchell. She's a fifth-degree black belt and three-time world sparring champion. So if that's something anybody here in Las Vegas is interested in, uh, make sure you get down to Victory Martial Arts there. I, I, you know, I'm tired, and I'm sure you two guys too. If if you if you've seen any youth sports lately, 
where uh, you have baseball, but the kids don't make outs. Have you have you guys seen that? Like the kid will sit there at the plate and get like 10, 15 pitches and finally hit the ball, whether he swings and misses 10 times or not. And he'll run down to first base, but the second baseman will pick the ball up and throw to first base, and he's really out. But then the kid gets to stay on first base. Um and run and run the bases. I saw my nephews playing in Orange County, and I had to ask my mom and dad, like, what game am I watching? This is <laughs> I don't I don't know what this is. It sort of resembles baseball, but um, I I just didn't get it. Well, one thing about martial arts, and I'll put it a little bluntly: if you're sparring and you get kicked in the head, then you know that you need to work harder on what you're doing. There's instant feedback involved in martial arts and the soccer games too. In the younger in the younger uh, younger age groups they don't keep score everybody just goes out and gets their participation medal well one thing is if if that's not what you're looking for and and you do want your kids to learn how to deal with failures and hard work makes you better at things you know life skills that actually will translate into their life as they get older then victory martial arts is is really where you want to be you want to keep them off the soccer field the the don't keep score baseball isn't for you the the victory martial arts so give them a call 877-797-7988 ask to speak with mr hopkins tell him you heard it on the vegas hockey podcast you get two free weeks of classes and a free uniform for everybody in your family that you want to get down there so uh Thanks for that. Tell them you got it. Tell them you heard it here first. They'll appreciate that. We're good friends with Victory Martial Arts, so we'll give them a little little help there. Anyway, I just burned up six minutes of our segment. Uh, sorry about that, but uh, I do a little favor for the for the local martial arts there. They're good people. So Matt, we're gonna get into some Florida Panthers hockey. We know that you cover the Florida Panthers and the Dallas Stars for uh, the and before we get into our first series, we're going to break down. Give me two minutes quick on Dallas because we're doing our Western Conference preview tomorrow. But uh, let me get your take on the Dallas series first real quick. All right. Well, just a quick hit on it. I would say Dallas and Minnesota is probably the most lopsided first-round matchup in the NHL. Uh, you know, the Stars first in the Western Conference, uh, they were Eight two and zero in their last ten games. Minnesota, uh, the number eight seed or or number two wild card, however you want to look at it, uh, they kind of backed into the playoffs. They lost their last five games, and uh, they're they're kind of stumbling into the playoffs like a, a drunk stumbling into the wrong house at the end of the night. <laughs> and uh, you've got uh, Zach Breezy hurt. Uh, he's uh, He's day-to-day, and uh, when uh, John Torchetti was asked if he was going to be ready for the start of this playoff series, the response was, it's just day-to-day right now. So you got a key player out. you got a team that, that is struggling to find its way uh, against a team that finished the season strong. That, you know, the starters only gave up 19 goals in their last 10 games. Uh, and uh, I, I think this one is going to be stars in five. I, I agree with you 100%. That's what I got in my little bracket challenge there on the NHL app. 
Stars in five. Like we were saying just before, I think the Stars sweep the first two at home. Minnesota may rise up and get game three, but after that, I think uh, it might be close. I mean, we might be looking at some low-scoring games, um, but overall, I just think Go back to our, our, our conference preview special, and we don't want to take too much time on this. I said the additions of uh, Sharp, Oduya, and Niemi and bringing that uh, cup experience into the locker rooms would pay huge different dividends for that club. And, you know, missing the playoffs last year to Western Conference champions this year, with really those being the only real major roster changes, unless I'm mistaken, um, that's I yeah, yeah I think I think that's that's what happened they they got in the room and they showed the boys how to put in work and uh, it sure showed up in the in I think what did they have like a thirty five point increase this year from last year <laughs> biggest in the National it, Hockey it, League it it felt like it it was uh, the stars I think improved by uh, seventeen points is that all uh, yeah from uh, ninety wait let's see uh, you're gonna make me do math now. Now they're uh, 19, and they, they finish at 109. So almost yeah. 20 points. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I think that that settles that. Chris thinks it'll be a little bit closer, maybe Dallas and six. But all right, let's jump. Uh, we're going to have to add a segment to this show because we just burned up. I want to spend more than five minutes on this. Um, we said we're going to start with Caps Philly. Is that right, Chris? Is that where we're headed? I think we're going to start Tampa, Detroit. Do you want to do Tampa, Detroit? I'm fine with that. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I like the storylines in uh, that series. It's pretty interesting to me, obviously, with Datsuk announcing. And then today he sort of backtracked on that. Did you see that? He uh, Over the weekend he said, it's like, yes, I'm going back to Russia. And then today he came out and said, it might depend on how we do in the playoffs whether I'm going to go back to Russia or not. Uh, it's hard, he said it's hard to make a hundred percent decision today on what I might end up doing tomorrow. But so now he's kind of backing off that horse. But uh, it could be the last run for Pavel Datsuk. I want to see uh, if Jimmy Howard can return to form. Tampa Bay, obviously the Stamkos injury, but also also Strawman injured, and then the other night Montreal cheap shotted. Uh, Tyler Johnson after after the whistle and and he went awkwardly into the boards and they're listing him day to day but it looked clear to me that there was a concussion he hit I don't know if you guys saw that hit head first into the boards after the whistle did you see that I I did not see it I just heard about it yeah it's yeah, uh, wasn't a very pretty play um, no 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 suspension no player safety hearing but. Uh, he, he was a little bit off balance, and it was just a little chuck. So I say cheap shot, but it's just a little chuck, and he fell awkwardly. And so Tyler Johnson in question, Strawman and Checkman in question, Stamkos out. I think that might play a Strawman will be Strawman will be out the first series too. The whole first series that might be the only series Tampa Bay sees this year. Um, what do you What do you think, Chris? You want to break that one down? We got about four minutes. We'll pick it up after the break. But uh, give me your thoughts sure. on that. I like I like the storylines in this first year coach, Detroit squeaking in, making twenty five straight years. They made the playoffs. Um, uh, good storylines in that series. What do you think? Uh, well, I think Tampa is clearly the better team, but uh, obviously, 
saying that they're banged up is, is putting it mildly. And then when you look at, you know, Detroit's final numbers, uh, they're very pedestrian, you know, in terms of, you know, they had the 23rd best offense, 17th best defense, middle of the pack on specialty teams. But to me, at the end of the day, even though Tampa Bay, it seems like their whole lineup is hurt, they are a deep team, and I just don't think that Detroit is strong enough in goal and strong enough on the blue line. So with home ice, with Ben Bishop, uh, Tampa did allow uh, the fifth lowest amount of goals per game this year, seventh best penalty kill. Their power play was a nightmare, which is kind of head-scratching. When, but uh, I think they'll, they'll, they have some really good role players on that team. And like Brian Boyle and guys, I think like Ryan Callahan will will step up and uh, they'll, they'll they'll get past Detroit in probably about a six game series or so. Hmm. What, what do you think there, Matt? Uh, you know, I have to have to agree with Chris. I mean, you look at the injuries to Tampa, and I think the injuries to Tampa are going to make this series a lot closer than it should be. Uh, but with Stamkos and Strawman out, that, to, to put it into terms, uh, say, a, a Blackhawks fan could understand, you know, that's, that's uh, what... Uh, I'll leave that alone. Broke out <laughs> right there. Uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> it's, you, you, okay, we'll... we'll you, just, you serve just that one up. With this, we'll go with this analogy. Okay. I'll stick with it. Stamkos and Strawman being out is like, like having... Kane and Seabrook out, and then Johnson day-to-day. It's like Evan Tays day-to-day. And Callahan, Hedman, and Kucherov, they all skated in practice today, uh, but but they're all banged up. You know, who knows how close they really are to 100%. And so then that's like, you know, Panarin and Keith and Hosa being banged up. If, if you do that to Chicago's lineup, they're going to struggle to beat anyone. Sure. And, and so with with Tampa, uh, I think I think they're going to take the series in six, uh, and it's it's going to be Ben Bishop's finest hour. He's going to really cement his status as an elite goaltender in the NHL. He's going to have to. Well, let's go out to a break here real quick. We can finish up our thoughts on that series real quick, and then we'll get started on the next one in the next segment. We'll be right back. Hello, hockey fans, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Make sure you check out all our episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, and HockeyTalkRadio.us, the Internet's first 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week, all-hockey-talk radio format streaming station. Check it out. And we're back from the break. Thanks, Hockey Fans, for tuning in to the Eastern Conference Preview Show with Chris Lisa and Mark Warner, and we brought in Matt Pryor again help us get through the Eastern Conference. We were just finishing up thoughts on the Tampa Bay Red Wings series. Uh, you did mention a few more players that skated today, Matt, when we were off the air there, um, but their status is still kind of uncertain. I think... You, yes, you, uh, you, go ahead. Uh, Callahan, Hedman, and Kucherov all skated today. That's, um, but, but, you know, Kucherov was seen 
just yesterday, I believe it was, limping around. Uh, he, he wasn't wearing a walking boot or anything, but, but walking with a pronounced limp. So uh, it, who, who knows how close those three are to 100%. Yeah, I think I'm I'm a I'm a jump on that and take the first first conflicting pick here. I like Detroit. I think with the experience they have on that roster and I think I think uh I think Howard's rising his game back the last last week, two weeks, three weeks has been tuning up, getting ready for the playoffs. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I mean it's not just the, you know, fourth liners and and third pair defensemen that Tampa's hurting. Their their best players are either out, concussed, or dinged pretty significantly. Um, I think that's too much for him to overcome. I think I think Detroit gets it done, and I'm gonna say in six because they don't want to go back to Tampa for Game Seven. So that's that's where I'm at in that series. I think the injuries are just going to be too much to overcome. And we were just talking about Tampa Bay's uh, cap situation. Um, we we may have seen the last run Tampa Bay's going to make for a while, and that was last year. I don't I don't think they can overcome it and get out of the first round here. So that's where I'm at on it. In the bracket, uh, moving on. Unless you guys got anything to add on that series, are we good there? I'm good. All right. You, you just told me where we wanted to go next, Chris, and I forgot. Did you say Caps, uh, Caps Flyers? Penguins Rangers. Penguins Rangers. Okay. Penguins I'll, Rangers. I'll get my notes straight here in a minute, probably when we're done. Um, Penguins Rangers, rematch from last year's first-round series that was Rangers in five, but every time I referenced that series, I watched a good deal of it. That was a whole lot closer than anybody really probably remembers with what we say Chris four games going to overtime and I think four two one finals in those tied at one going to overtime in three of the four games something like that something like that yeah it was very as quite as tight as a five game series can be for sure absolutely so this year the hottest team the last month going into the playoffs is the Pittsburgh Penguins does uh do they flip the script on New York from last year and move into the second round? Matt, I'll let you start with this one. All right. Well, as much as it pains me as a longtime Rangers fan, uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is the year Pittsburgh gets past the Rangers uh, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that team captain Ryan McDonough, they're their best defenseman. He's out for game one. Uh, they've already said that, and and realistically, he's probably going to miss more than one game. And uh, one one interesting stat that jumps out at me is uh, possession. If you look at the Corsi 4 percentages, the Rangers 47.4. That's tied for 25th yeah. in the NHL. Pittsburgh, 52.7. That's second place in the NHL. Who's in first place? Uh, uh, first place, uh, I believe, was that the Capitals or the Kings? I, I was thinking it was the Kings. It, anyway, uh, I digress. It, it was the Kings, yes. 56.4, okay. which is just ridiculous. 
Yeah, to get fifth, to have second place be fifty-two. That's, uh, and then I think if you take the difference between the fifty-six down to the fifty-two, you've got to get to the fifteenth or sixteenth place to to cover that four percentage points. So that's how far in front of the rest of the league that the Kings are in their possession numbers. But anyway, that's Western Conference. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, that I didn't know you were doing it. I didn't know you were doing a commercial for the Kings. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> oh, well, I, I would say um, another another factor, uh, though he's apparently healthy, is Rick Nash. He's he's mired in the worst season of his career, and uh, things just do not look good for the Rangers going into this series. I, I think. Puck possession and penalties will be key. The more Pittsburgh possesses the puck, the more penalties New York will take. And the Rangers' penalty kill is 26, which is going to make Pittsburgh's 16th-ranked power play look awfully good. Uh, So I would say for the Rangers, uh, Henrik Lundqvist is their Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Their only hope. (laughs) Good one. Uh, But... You know, they, they've, uh, thank you very much, by the way. Uh, I'd say, though, that really the Rangers have played so many postseason games the past five years. I, I think they might actually benefit from an early exit. And, I mean, perhaps that's just me as a longtime Rangers fan putting a positive spin on this, but I'm going to say Pittsburgh in six. Now, is that is that something that's been said about Rick Nash like every year the last three years? Because it seems like every year going into the playoffs, we hear that if only Rick Nash could step it up, if only Rick Nash could play to his next level, um, if only he hadn't gone 21 games without a goal heading into the playoffs. Is this? Uh, you know, he's. I think the biggest knock against him has been his performance in the playoffs. Uh, but this year it's been in the regular season. You know, the, the guy, unfortunately, for whatever reason, has not been a playoff producer. And this year, you know, his, his shooting percentage is a career-worst 8.2%. Uh, his, his previous worst was 9.8% back in 2011-2012 uh, when he was still with Columbus. And he scored 30 goals that year. Uh, this year, he's got 15 goals. Uh, his rookie year, he scored 17 so, uh, and gosh, I don't, I don't even want to look and see how many more years he's under contract. I was going to ask if you knew that, but he's got two more, two more years to go at seven point eight million cap hit. How, how did I know Chris was going to pounce on that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Chris is that guy, and he's got a full no movement clause, so it has to be protected for the expansion draft. Yeah. Wow. Did I can I can hear I can hear your smile, Chris, as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do you where are you at on this one, Chris? Well, okay. I assume, believe it or not, I'm going to throw some bouquets at the Rangers here, uh, which is very hard for me to do. Uh, assuming I, I'm going, you know, it's hard to come up with an argument, if you will, for the Rangers. That, that's assuming that, um, which I'm going on the assumption that the Penguins, either Flurry or Murray will be ready to roll for game one. It sounds like, reading through the tea leaves, that 
Curry will be, and I'm going to go on the assumption that they're not going to have a, a goaltending problem that they'll be playing at third string goalie. But yeah, I thought I thought I saw Flurry 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 was in net today at practice. I saw. I thought. Yeah. It, and said he looked uh, good. So. Now, uh, now considering that the Penguins, I think, really lost uh, about one game from March first on, also makes it a little bit more difficult. But you know. I am not totally sold on their blue line, um, to say the least, and it's kind of iffy on Ole Matt's status as well. Obviously, they'll be without Malkin. Look, the one thing I will say about the Rangers, and again, this, this actually pains me to say, uh, say uh, being a lifelong Islander fan, but this group of Rangers, what I would warn the Penguin fans and the Penguins themselves is, it's like trying to kill a vampire. Okay, you better put that stake, that's just through the heart, but you better drive it all the way through. Because this group, this core group, even though they haven't won a cup, uh, they they just do everything it takes to win. And obviously it's led by uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Um, you know, two years ago, Penguins had the Rangers 3-1, Rangers come back. Last year, Capitals was a better team, Rangers beat the Cap, come back 3-1, so... You better, you better, you better finish the job. You better dot all those eyes and cross those teeth. If Ryan McDonough, who I think is not just a game one, game two thing, uh, I, I think I don't think he's going to be in this series. If you know, to me, that was kind of like the last straw of picking them. But having said all that, they're going to make the Penguins earn it, and uh, I'm picking Pittsburgh in seven. Pittsburgh in seven. Well, you guys took all <clears throat> all points, both sides. I was going to make the only thing. The only thing I'll add to that, and you sort of alluded to it in in the number of games played over the last few years for them and their hard to kill mentality is the they they definitely have more and deeper playoff experience than the somewhat retooled Penguins this year, um, and the Penguins haven't tasted playoff success in quite some time so if i put this scenario to you chris rangers rangers go up and take game one does that does the pressure then start to grip some tight sticks there in pittsburgh of another uh oh no moment does that uh does that flip the script any or is there is uh because uh, i think they have you know they i mean obviously the left by sydney crosby Flurry's been around the block. You know, even guys like support players like Carl Hagelin, Matt Cohen's had a heck of a year as a veteran for them. They have plenty of Latang. I mean, they have plenty of guys that um, I don't think. I mean, they know the Rangers going to at least you know win some games in the series. I mean, they, I don't think they, they think they're going to sweep them. Uh, you know, but I tell you, the McDonough injury is just a killer. Unless you, unless you told me, it sounds like he has a broken hand. Uh, that was the initial reports reported by Larry Brota in the New York Post when it first happened. Um, you know, teams are very cryptic about the injuries. They don't give you any information. And um, But, again, I'm just basing it on the information I've read. I would be surprised if we see him in this series, to be honest with you. And uh, to me, that was that I think is going to be, lack of a better term, the kind of death blow. To them, but I think they'll be game. Uh, I think guys like Zuccarello and and um, you know, you know, I, I think Chris Kreider is going to have a good series. 
believe it or not. I, I really do think they're going to push Pittsburgh, and they will squeeze as much as they can out of this orange. That's what they're about. God, it hate, God, it's hard to say this. But uh, I have to be fair. That's what this team is about. But at the end of the day, Pittsburgh will be just a touch too much. I got to agree with you. I was looking at that, and, and some somehow, some way, Pittsburgh found their, their groove. How much of that goes into the, the coaching change? All of it? You think changing the system and re-energizing Crosby, um, is that is that basically what it comes down to there? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's done a good job, and, and, and it seems like they're playing more to their strengths, being more of a skating team. But Pittsburgh really just caught fire, you know, the last, I said, like the last five, six weeks. It looked like for certain, you know, going late uh, late February that they were going to be the first wild card and we were going to have an Island Ranger first-round series. So obviously that didn't happen. Pittsburgh wound up not only getting the top three, they got the number two spot, so uh, which gave them home ice. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, this is uh, – uh, but again, I'm I am uh, everyone kind of leading up into this week, past weekend was like from over here in New York, from an Islander Ranger perspective, like oh boy, you don't want to get the Penguins draw, face the Penguins. I mean, again, I think they're a really good team. Uh, they possess a lot of challenges, but I don't think they're up. Anyway, I don't think they're unbeatable. Okay, well let me get us let me get us out of the break there. We uh, finished finished up with that one, and we'll be back for. Caps Flyers after the break. Hello, hockey fans, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Make sure you check out all our episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, and HockeyTalkRadio.us, the Internet's first 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week, all-hockey-talk radio format streaming station. Check it out. All right, hockey fans, we're back from the break. Thanks for tuning into the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner, Chris Lisa, Matt Pryor on the line with us. We're halfway home, boys. Halfway home. They're putting that cage together there on the last for the putting the cage match together. Chain links going up. We'll get to that one next. But uh, President's Trophy winning Washington Capitals got in on the last day of the season. Philadelphia Flyers. Actually, one of the hotter teams down the stretches. Uh, I think I saw 20, 25 9 and, and change there from the Flyers coming down the stretch. And this is where I get uh, my I told you so moment in with Matt. Uh, Matt has a playoff predicting system where I, I, I believe from the All Star game on, it's a 90, 90 plus percent. Of uh, who's in, who's out. Is that, that That's right, right? About 90% there from the All-Star game on? Uh, it's actually from game 20 on. Oh. It's about 90%. Yeah. Okay, well, I broke your scale this year, sir. We were doing our uh, Florida Panthers show, and we were talking about who's in, who's out. And uh, at the time, everybody can go back and listen to it. Uh, you, you had the Flyers out of the playoffs. And we went through the list of everybody in, everybody out. Me and uh, Chris were both hoping we would hear some Islanders Kings in. And at that point, I don't think either one of them was. Maybe 
Maybe the aisles were in the Kings weren't or vice versa. No, they weren't. Not, not yet. Not yet. No. So we were, we were chomping at the bit. But I, I did say, uh, I said, out of everybody you have missing the playoffs right now, I like the Florida or I like the Philadelphia Flyers to, to break your system this year. I like the direction they're headed in. They had just, uh, just brought up ghost, got the ghost and, uh, I, I kind of liked where they were headed. So call it luck, call it foreshadowing, foresight probably mostly luck but i did i did break your 90 percentile there sir so i'll get that out of the way and uh get get my my one i told you so moment although i did have dallas and florida both making the playoffs this year too but that's neither here nor there um moving moving into this system i'm gonna give you guys a whole bunch of reasons why washington wins it and Maybe uh, you guys can come up with something for Philly. <laughs> um, similar similar to Dallas, like we talked about earlier, they did add uh, three Stanley Cups to the locker room, which is something that group was missing when Justin Williams came over. They did bring in TJ Oshie. And right around January, they brought in three more Stanley Cups and another Stanley Cup final appearance in Mike Richards. And Trotz now in his second year with the team. Um, I think that Stanley Cup experience lends belief to a group. And obviously, I mean, Brayden Holpe is, is this year's Carey Price. We don't need to say anything, but that guy's a beast. I wish he would have played Sunday and went after the Marty Brodeur record, but I guess everybody was happy with him just being tied and getting a little bit of rest. President's Cup winning team, they're the team with the, the biggest goal differential. They're the team, I think, I don't know if they finished the season this way, I didn't check my numbers, but they were the one of the most goals scored and definitely second. second in goal scored, and I believe fewest goals against, or second or third goals against, Chris? Second. Okay, so second you... Second in goals for, second in goals against. Okay, brutal combination to bring into a playoff uh, series. What, uh, what, what, is, what is Philly going to do? Anything? Crickets? Uh... <laughs> Also, the Capitals have the second-best penalty kill unit in the fifth-best power play if we want to add soul to the wound. Uh, Second-best both special teams, right? Yeah, second-best penalty kill, fifth-best power play. Okay, so top five special teams. Yeah, that might be the best all-around specialty team. Um, Maybe the Ducks are better. I have to do the research on that. But um, anyway, uh, look, what jumps out here... And, and and Philly's got to be exhausted because they had a very hectic March in April and they had to play pretty much every game pedal to the metal to catch either Boston or Detroit or, you know, one of the teams to get get into the playoffs. Uh, so I, I wonder how much, uh, I mean, obviously the playoffs are going to give everything they got, um, but I, I have to also wonder how much is left in the energy tank for them. You know, the one thing that obviously jumps out at, uh, at one and looking at the Capitals is uh, clearly they are the best team in the East, but now they have to go do it and prove it in, in, in the playoffs. And 
you know, that's no easy, that's going to be no easy feat. I don't want to compare it to, like, Atlas trying to carry the world here, but, uh, you know, anything short of the Capitals not making the Stanley Cup Finals, and this year has been a bitter pill. And there's a lot of pressure on this team, and how will they handle it? Obviously, having Justin Williams and, uh, and, and you know, Mike Richards in the room will help, uh, but there's a lot of expectations for this team. I think they got uh, a good draw for the first round. I think the Flyers will be game uh, will be a, uh, a gamely opponent, if you will, especially the first half of the series. But uh, I see the Capitals in five, a competitive five, but in five. I I kind of disagree with you early in the series. I think that uh, Washington is going to come out on fire in the first two games at home, and like you said, I think. Well, then, I then, think, then Washington four. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that Philly is going to have that, that letdown that you're talking about. I mean, they're, they're prime. They, they emotionally spent after that run, and then finally getting in. Um, it's a real good thing that there's three or four days uh, between when they play and when they have to have to go to Washington because. It's got to it's got to take a minute or two to recharge your emotional batteries after that kind of a that kind of a long drawn out uh, run to make the playoffs. And I th- I think if Washington jumps on them early in Game One, that game could get out of hand quick. That's the if if you're in Vegas and you're betting, that's the typical classic letdown game. And the the Caps, to their credit, <clears throat> didn't really ever take their foot off the gas until maybe Sunday against the Ducks, but um, that's a, com- a, a team with a very high compete level right now. The only thing the only thing I'll say before I throw it over to you, Matt, uh, does, does their – the last time they won the President's Cup, they got bounced in the first round from Montreal. Um, two years ago, I believe they had the best record in – in, or second best record, third best record. Some, some, some they were a high seed, and and a three one lead, like you mentioned earlier, to the Rangers, and gave that up. That was last year, actually. So, no does any of those do any of those count? First of all, and second of all, do you think that kind of similar to my my Tampa question there? Um, does that does that start to weigh on them if if somehow Philly rises up on them. I don't look for it to happen in this series, but uh maybe maybe further down the line there when you get to to Pittsburgh if they get down in that series um does does that does their playoff history really pose a threat to them or is that just media and us making more out of it than it is? You know, that, that's going to be really interesting to see how they respond to adversity uh, because they are going to face adversity, and I think they're going to face some of it in this series. I, I really do, and it's because I think this series is not as lopsided as Dallas and Minnesota. I think this is going to be much closer despite all the numbers. You know, you guys were talking about, Washington being second in goals for, second in goals against, uh, fifth on the power play, second on the penalty kill. Meanwhile, Philadelphia is 22nd in goals for, 12th in goals against, 
tied for 11th on the power play, and tied for 20th on the penalty kill. But one number in which these two teams are pretty close is Corsi. Washington hmm. is 14th, and Philadelphia is 16th. Uh, so we're talking 51% versus 50.6% possession. So it's it's not going to be lopsided from a possession standpoint like I think the Penguins-Rangers series will be. And I would say uh, because of that, combined with the fact that the Flyers have been battling for a playoff spot while the Caps have. I mean, I know, Mark, you said you thought the Caps didn't take their foot off the gas until Sunday, but I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you there uh, because since March 1st, Washington is 4-5-4 four, and four against playoff teams. Hmm. And that that is less than impressive uh but but it's also understandable because they they jumped out to such a huge lead over the rest of the eastern conference they really had nothing to play for since then so i think we may see a little bit of uh the uh, i you know i've noticed this before with with teams playing the second game of a back-to-back against a team that didn't play the night before you know they call it the fourth period effect Right. And they they come out flying in the first period. I think we're going to see a little bit of that in this series. And, but I think, too, that Barry Trotz is too good of a coach and he's got too much talent to let this series get away from them. But I think it will be closer than a lot of people believe. Uh, I'm, I'll take the caps in six. Six. I'm, I'm, uh, one thing about Trotz now – He's never been out of the second round either. Him and Boudreaux kind of share share that that uh, distinction, being the former Caps coach and the current Caps coach, kind of odd. But uh, Trotz has never been out of the second round either. So great coach for sure. Don't get me wrong, Coach Trotz. No, no disrespect, but uh, I I think I I think I'm gonna go with Chris here. I don't. I just I just think that they. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder to prove everything that I said and what a lot of other people are saying wrong. I think they come out high-flying. I think they're energized by the few days off, and I think it's a real short series, and I think it's caps in five. I'm giving, I'm giving Philly one game, and that's all, I, that's all I can see my way clear to do. As much as, uh, I mean, Wayne Simmons, great year. Braden Shin also had a career year. Um, moving forward, check to center really played paid dividends there. Um, Giroux also, but I just don't think it's enough to oh get more than a game against Holpe. Yeah, that's that's the one huge matchup difference in my mind between the two clubs. Is Philly does have some high end skill and they got a lot of grit. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I I just don't. It's hard to be. Brayden Holt be once and to ask him to do it two times in a week, three times in a week. That's, I just don't know if Philly has enough. I just, I just don't see it happening. So let's, uh, let's get the cage put together. Let's, uh, get ready for a head to head battle between Big Tex and the Nassau kid. And we'll come back for Isles Panthers and we'll wrap up the Eastern Conference. We'll be right back. 
Hello, hockey fans, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Make sure you check out all our episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, and HockeyTalkRadio.us, the Internet's first 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week, all-hockey-talk-radio-format streaming station. Check it out. And we're back from the break. This is uh, the final segment of our Eastern Conference playoff preview. We have one series left to go. Everybody knows Chris is the Islanders contributor over at the Hockey Riders, and Matt is the Florida Panthers and also the Dallas Stars contributor also. So I'm just kind of going to kind of step back and uh, have a little fun with this and let these two guys go. Um, so fighting out of the blue corner, representing the New York Islanders, seventh seed, Chris the Nassau Kid, Lisa, and coming in at the division champion, Florida Panthers, fighting out of the red corner in Sunrise, Florida, coming to you from Texas, Matt Big Tex Prayer. Let's do this, boys. Let's get it on. Have at it. <laughs> oh, what an intro! But I, I tell you what, I will, I will cede uh, the first comments to the the right honorable gentleman from Hicksville. Hicksville being uh, well, Long Island. <laughs> Yeah, one, one, one town away from Piazza with Doug Sissu, uh, these pants on uh, that he wanted the Islanders, and now he's got them. So uh, next next time I see him at the uh, shop right, I'm going to give him a mouthful. <laughs> uh, one thing that's jumping out is everyone's like, well, you know, you got Roberto Luongo against Thomas Gray, so how, you know, how can the Islanders, you know, possibly win this series? And, you know... People, I think, if uh, have not been following the Islanders this year, Halak has been hurt on a couple of occasions. You know, Thomas Grace this year went 23-11-4 with a 2.36 goals against and a 9.25 save percentage. In fact, he had the third best save percentage of any goalie to appear in 40 games. He was truly their, you know, uh, number one goalie this year uh, based on uh, playing time, slightly edged at Halak. Um, you know, he not only as good as as good as of, as good as his numbers were this past year, he was incredibly consistent. It wasn't like he, you know, he had this great hot, great number of hot streaks and a couple of cold streaks. He was incredibly consistent. Uh, that was probably the most consistent part of the Islanders game this year. So they also, by all accounts, will be getting Travis Hamonic back for game one as well. So that is going to be big to have a uh, top four defensemen, two for, for, top two pairings of Boychuk and Letty and Hamannick and Dahan. So, uh, you know, to me, one of the, the biggest keys for this series for the Islanders is the power play. And, you know, last year when they played the Capitals, uh, a lot of people thought uh, they didn't have Hamannick for that series uh, as, as well uh, last year. Uh, they didn't have him last year. And they lost Vizanowski about halfway through the series, and they were playing uh, kids on the blue line. 
everyone kind of thinks that's why they lost the series, which wasn't true at all. Uh, what lost them the series last year was they couldn't score enough goals, and they went 0 for 14 on the power play. Anyone who follows the Islanders, uh, watching their power play at times, uh, you want to pull your hair out. You don't understand. Uh, you know, it's a very up and down thing. They finished 17th overall. Now the Panthers have the 23rd ranked penalty kill. So to me, that is going to be the key stat. Uh, but I don't want to say, uh, I'm going to pass the puck now over to Matt and let him get in uh, a few counterpoints there. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I, I would say that this series is shaping up to be the battle of the bulletin boards because while while the Isles apparently took offense at Florida co-owner Doug Sifu's offhand comment that he'd rather face the Islanders than the Rangers in round one because of the Henrik Lundqvist factor, the Panthers, on the other hand, are taking to heart the Islanders' obvious weekend tank job to avoid playing Pittsburgh. Uh, in fact, I saw I saw one of the uh, Panthers beat writers tweet just this afternoon that that's that's bulletin board material for the Panthers. Break, uh, break! I'm calling a low blow. I'm gonna give you a warning on the low blow there in the red corner. Let's keep him above the belt. I'm gonna have to take a point away from you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say though that once once everybody gets the knots out of their knickers, this should be a very interesting series. Um, I think Florida's got the advantage when it comes to depth scoring. Uh, they had, for the first time in franchise history, four 25-goal scorers and, and five 20-goal scorers. First time ever. Um, and their goaltending. I know Grice has had great regular season stats, uh, but if you look at playoff stats, just, just look at minutes played. Roberto Luongo, 3,856 minutes in the playoffs. Thomas Grice, 40 minutes in the playoffs. So you're saying Grice is fresher? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's fresh and then there's green. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with green. You go. You mean green as in most of the Panthers lineup in terms of amount of playoff games played? Now, you know, that that is a good point. I will give you that, sir, because this will be first time in the playoffs for Huberdo, Barkov, Bugstad, uh, Rocco Grimaldi, who's filling in for Trocek, who has never played in the playoffs. So that, that, that Ekblad as well, yeah, that, that is a concern. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, the the inexperience factor it definitely cuts both ways. That was the one question I had. Um, how much of an impact do you think that will have on the series? Because if you go back early on in in Patrick Kane and and Jonathan Taves' time in Chicago, they did get a first round and then an exit, and then the Western Conference Finals and an exit before they were able to take all that young talent, push it over the top, and win the Stanley Cup. Is this going to have the same effect in Florida, or do you think that Yager and Luongo provide enough of the veteran leadership in Florida to settle down the youngsters against the obviously playoff-tested New York Islanders? 
Well, I, I think it goes beyond Yager and Luongo. You've also got to remember uh, they've got Brian Campbell. That's Willie Mitchell in there, too. Let's put Willie Mitchell yeah. in there. Yeah, and, and now Mitchell, is he's not playing, but, but uh, he is definitely a visible presence. He's been practicing with the team. He's been in the room. Okay. And, and he's going to be he's going to be an off ice factor going forward. Uh, they've also got Sean Thornton, you know, another Cup winner right there, and Gary Hoodler. People right. forget that he right. won the Cup with Detroit, and uh, so I think they've got enough veteran leadership. Whereas the Blackhawks back then did not have, right, uh, to my knowledge, so many Cup winners on the team. To guide the youngsters, so I, I think that will be an advantage. Is there a time? The is there a timetable for Mitchell to come back, or is he the proverbial day to day, or where's he at? He is technically healthy, and that's that's why he's been skating with the team, taking part in practices. But uh, doctors have not medically cleared him because they said you. Because of your history of concussions, we don't know what will happen if you take one more shot to the head. And and so we can't, in good conscience, give you the green light to play. Hmm. And and in all probability, it's it's truly tragic. Uh, but in all probability, he's played his last game. Hmm. I don't want to hear that. It's odd, though. The same kind of thing happened to him in, in Los Angeles where he hurt his knee. And he was rehabbing it, and the doctors said uh, that he was that he was cleared to play, but then he got a second opinion and wouldn't play, and then had a procedure done on his on his knee that went bad, and um, they kind of soured soured the front office on him that he was cleared to play, and then he went outside the team medical unit there, and then had a procedure that did not work and set him back for most of the season that year. So kind of, kind of odd that it's the other way around now that they, they, for all intents and purposes, he's healthy, but now the doctors won't let him play. So I wonder if he, I wonder if he could just override that and say, you know what, I'm going to take my shot. It's, it's possible that he could do that. But uh, I think at this point, you know, he's got a family to think about and uh, he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, and he is what thirty-seven, thirty-eight years old. Yeah, yeah, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Um, if he has, if he has played his last game in the NHL, I, I say well wishes to you, Willie Mitchell, sir, and thank you for your contributions in, uh, in LA. And if you if he sticks around the team there in Florida as as they go through the playoffs, it can't help but be a positive for the for the kids there in the room. So, Chris. Coming out, coming out for round three. I'm gonna let you throw some counter punches here, and we got about four minutes in the segment left. So, go ahead and go ahead and counter punch away. Well, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my pick and and put my 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 final summation. Are you tapping? Pick. Are you tapping? And I'm, I'm gonna I'm 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 not, I'm uh, I'm gonna be done fooling around. Matt's go Matt's got you in the arm bar. He's got you in the arm bar right now, dude. You gonna? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, you know, for, for for those for those who cared last year to to know my prediction going into Islanders Capitals, I told them going in, uh, I can guarantee, just about guarantee a seven game series, and I said it's gonna 
be a 2-2 game with about 10 minutes to play, and it's going to come down to who makes a play, who makes a mistake, who who gets a lucky break, goal off a skate or something, and that's going to decide it. And shame on me for getting the score wrong because it was 1-1 with 10 minutes to play. Right. Seven. And no, I'm sure I remember. I remember you said play. that. Yeah. So I see a very similar scenario. Uh, I see a very even series. It's going seven. Uh, we're probably going to have a minimum two overtime games in the series, maybe three. Maybe game seven will go to overtime. And I see a tie game, probably a 2-2 game with ten minutes to play. And, uh, you know, I feel like the, the best player on the ice wears number 91 for the Islanders, and he's going to make his uh, biggest mark ever as an Islander, be it in those last 10 minutes or, may, heck, maybe even in overtime. And unlike the 10 experts of ESPN who all picked the Florida Panthers to win this series as, as much as the rest of the world, and that feeds into the Islanders' uh, uh, you know, us-against-the-world mentality, the Islanders, with their experience, find a way. Third time's the charm for this group. Uh, three uh, three years ago, came very close to beating the Penguins, lost in the top six, six games. Last year, lost in seven by one goal to the Capitals. This year, they find a way with that experience for this group, and uh, they move on to the next round. If they don't, there's going to be a lot of changes with this team, maybe starting with the coach and the GM. But that's, that's talk for another day, and hopefully uh, many days another day. So... I'm going with Islanders in seven, and as our late, uh, the, the great Buffalo Tom said, it takes ten years to, to get that Mike Milbury curse off, and this we last year was the tenth year. Okay. Matt, Matt i got to give you uh, about a minute to finish up there, sir. All right. Well, I'll, I'll get right to it then. I, like I said earlier, I think Florida has the advantage in depth scoring and goaltending. The Islanders have the advantage in defensive depth if Hamannick is 100% and on special teams. So I'd say Florida wins if they stay out of the penalty box, stay healthy, and they get Trocek back and back close to 100% early in the series. The Islanders win if they find some secondary scoring and Tavares plays to his full potential and Grice outplays Luongo. And I just don't see those things happening, so I'm going to go with Panthers in six. And we're running out of time, so I'm just going to go to the scorecards there. I'm going to say 49-48, 49-48, and 49-48 for Matt, Big Tex Pryor, and the Florida Panthers. I'm going to agree with Matt and go Panthers in seven. We're out of time, so we'll be back tomorrow with our Western Conference preview. We're gone.